Training the next generation of robotic designers. Ocean carriers expand beyond the seas. And the expectation for a chaotic peak shipping season. Pull up a chair and join us as the editors of DC Velocity discuss these stories, as well as news and supply chain trends, on this week's Logistics Matters podcast. I am Dave Maloney. I'm the Group Editorial Director at DC Velocity. Welcome. Logistics Matters is sponsored by Yale Materials Handling. This isn't yesterday's warehouse. Today's challenges require smart, connected lift trucks and solutions like robotics, advanced power options, and Yale Reliant, an industry-leading suite of operator assist technologies. For more information, visit Yale.com. As usual, our DC Velocity senior editors Ben Ames and Victoria Kickham will be along to provide their insights into the top stories of this week. But to begin today, robotics and other automated systems are finding new applications in supply chains, and their roles will only increase in the future. How do we make sure that the industry has the next generation of designers and engineers to keep the pipeline fed? Our guest today has one way. Here's Victoria to introduce him. Victoria? Thanks, Dave. Today we have with us Mike Bush, Head of Communications and Brand for Digital Freight Broker Next Trucking. Mike is here to talk about Next's involvement in the FIRST Robotics Program. Welcome, Mike. Oh, Victoria, thanks so much for having me on the show. So I know a little bit about FIRST. I know it stands, the acronym stands for uh, for Inspiration and Recognition of Science and Technology. Uh, and it aims to get students more interested and involved in those subjects, robotics in particular. I wondered if you could start by giving us a snapshot of the FIRST robotics program from your perspective as the company involved in it and tell us a little bit about how Next Trucking um, really became involved in, 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 in the program. Sure, Veronica. So in, when Next was operating out of a headquarters in El Segundo, California, there was a high school directly named, directly next door called the Da Vinci High School. Um, and they had a science team that, that was participating in this, this robotics competition. And as we came to know some of the sponsors of the event, um, or, or some of the sponsors of the competition, we realized that the first half of the year, these these high school kids in a club get together three times a week and they work on learning about how robotics works and that in of itself is way cool right like this is not the high school i went to this was really kind of forward thinking really exciting um as we got to understand the program a little bit better we realized hey there's a national competition and da vinci the first year we worked with them had actually won the national competition it's on espn you can watch these robots at the time it was create a robot that can that can score uh in basketball Basically, like like create a robot that shoots like Steph Curry, and these high school kids had created a robot and won, and it was amazing. And as we talked to the team a little bit about what their needs were, we realized the biggest challenge they had was getting their robot from El Segundo, California, uh, down to Houston uh, in in safe working order, making sure everything was perfect. And then we learned really quickly that there are a dozen teams in California in the Los Angeles area that participate. So as soon as we kind of realized, hey, look. These are a bunch of kids doing a really cool thing. They need somebody who can be handle really what is truly a specialized shipment. And, and that's kind of where we live. Um, it was kind of a perfect match for us. Yeah, I've seen the competition that you mentioned, um, uh, uh, videos of it. It really is impressive. So you sponsor multiple teams then, or is it just one? And, and you know, what's their primary objective? 
Sure, yeah. So we, we operate, um, we basically handle all the shipping for, for all the teams in Southern California. So, you know, in terms of a sponsorship, yeah, absolutely. We're involved uh, with the Vitruvian bots, which is uh, the team from Da Vinci High School. And at the same time, we ask them to recruit other, other teams in the area to say, hey, we've got trucking capacity to get your robots there. And generally speaking, you know, we're, we were fortunate this year. We were able to hold sort of a truck day, just like we were a baseball team. Um, all the teams showed up. We loaded up a truck. We had a driver ready to go. Um, our driver was very safe, of course, as you'd, as you'd hope, right? Uh, and getting getting the robots there. So when the teams arrived in Houston, the robots were on site, ready to go. All of their kits, all of their materials, all of their sort of backup uh, electronics were on site, ready to go. And that that's kind of where we fit in. We said, hey, there's a really cool opportunity to say we're a shipping company. Um, we care immensely about this cause. And you know, I think the the big thing that I think about is. Um, when you try to recruit kids into a supply chain role, it's really difficult, right? So Next is based in LA Long Beach. And, and, and if I think of kids that are graduating from college with an engineering degree or data engineering, they're not looking at supply chain as this great and sexy career to begin with. Uh, they might be looking at Google or Facebook or Snapchat or, or any one of the mobile gaming companies around here. And I think as an industry, we have a challenge in terms of positioning to say, look, if you're a data engineering student, you can tackle climate change and sustainability by focusing on supply chain. Um, you know, for us, we've got a market of 4,500 trucking companies. We can say to these kids, look, you can help empower these 4,500 companies uh, to keep their wheels spinning. There's a great kind of small business angle. And I think as an industry, if, if, if supply chain folks can start to say, look, here's great things you can accomplish by joining us or by coming into the industry, it's a, it's a home run. So for us to say, look, we've got a bunch of high school kids that are interested in robotics and automation and really are tomorrow's supply chain leaders. And we can do something very simple, like making an investment to, to you know, ship their robots to a competition. We're, we're all in. Yeah, absolutely. It just sounds great. Um, can you talk a little bit more about the challenge itself for this year and, and your team's, uh, the, the Da Vinci High School's solution? I believe that the, the project this year actually involves transportation. Is that, is that correct? It does. It's uh, there. The the goal was uh, it was called you know transportation drives us forward, and the idea was to say um, you know we want to impact economies and bridge cultures to be more globally interconnected. So the robotics team was actually challenged to reimagine the future of safe high speed travel um, and deliveries. So that was actually the the challenge this year, which kind of falls kind of into into the wheelhouse of the let's find tomorrow's future supply chain leaders uh, today. Interesting. Um, you know, you mentioned a little bit ago about, you know, just the sort of recruiting efforts and making this more of an industry-wide effort. It seems like a really inspirational project to be involved in as well. Um, how does it affect your company overall from that perspective? And, you know, how do, how do employees feel about it? You know, it, so because we're remote, we weren't able to be as aggressive in promoting this across the, the company as we had been in the past. Um, when we first started working with the team and we were we were in our office and also good know this was prior to the pandemic prior to us becoming virtual we were actually fortunate enough to have the kids bring the robot in uh to our office and kind of drive it around and show people what it looked like and i think it was really eye-opening to see like just how far today's high school kids have come as opposed to you know me i'm i'm in my 40s it, it's way different from from when i was there with an erector set you know it's really crazy so i think you know the folks that have been here through that, we're really appreciative to see that we're still doing it. Um, and I think the folks that that are newer to the company really got into it as soon as they saw the hype video. Like there's a the the, the Vitruvian bots had published a video of here's what our robot looks like, here's what it does. 
And I think to say, hey, we're shipping something for kids is a fun story. But to actually see this robot in kind of in real life and share it out in a town hall, you know, with our 170 employees and say, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're moving. And how cool is this? Um, people got really excited about it. And I think the other the other component is um, on the tail end with the robots coming back and bringing everything back because it wasn't a one way shipping thing. Right. Um, yeah. The the number of kids and, and mentors of the program who reached out and said, thank you, this was really cool. We couldn't have done this without you. Um, some of the teams locally said, look, we would we got to send three extra kids because we didn't have to pay for transportation. And that really is what, what it's about. And I think kind of that, that follow-up component of it really made it meaningful for a lot of our folks. Why do you think it's important for logistics industry companies to get in, involved in programs like FIRST? And you spoke a little bit earlier about it, but can you elaborate a little bit more on, you know, why this is an important, you know, industry effort? Yeah, I, I think the biggest challenge is just attracting tomorrow's leaders. You know, if I think of high school kids or college kids that are graduating now with a data engineering degree really have the ability to make profound impacts on one of the world's oldest you know industries or oldest professions um and i don't necessarily know that we've always as an industry done a great job of portraying what the roles are i think if you tell a data or tell a mechanical engineer look i want you to build an iron man like suit that protects workers at the port that's an amazing opportunity for that kid, as opposed to saying, hey, listen, you know, we, we want you to think about pulling containers through the port, which generally people, you know, don't necessarily see as the world's most interesting job. I think we have we as an industry have the ability to say there's so much more here. It's a trillion dollar industry. There's VC venture capital being poured into the industry and there truly aren't enough startups and entrepreneurs and, and you know, tomorrow's thought leaders aren't necessarily thinking of our industry as something that's right for transformation, which really, if you look at where the fintech industry was five years ago, we're there. We, we are at the point of everything needs, you know, everything is, is evergreen. There's, there's digital transformation opportunities. There's self-driving trucks. There's automation. There's electric vehicles. There's, you know, data engineering for sustainability. Um, it's just such a cool industry to get into. And I feel like we don't necessarily share that as well as we could. Yeah, I think you're right. Sharing the story is is the key to it. Um, thanks, Mike, so much for being here with us and talking about this program today. Uh, thanks so much for having me, Victoria. We've been talking with Mike Bush of Next Trucking. Back to you, Dave. Thank you, Mike and Victoria. Now let's take a look at some of the other supply chain news from the week. And Ben, you wrote this week about an ocean freight company continuing to expand beyond its roots as a maritime container carrier. Can you share some details? Yeah, this is pretty interesting, Dave. Uh, anyone who follows logistics is familiar with CMA CGM. They're the French company that's one of the world's container ship giants. They operate those enormous ships that carry 15,000 or 20,000 shipping containers each. And they've been involved in many of the stories we've been covering over the past year uh, about the flow of containers between countries and the congestion that has hit certain ports, the backups of ships that are lying at anchor off Los Angeles, the possibility of increased regulation as a response to some of those things, and the, also the huge profits those lines have been making during the pandemic. Uh, CMA CGM itself reported revenue of $56 billion in 2021, and that was up almost 80% over the year before. So this is one of the really central companies involved in worldwide logistics. But a funny thing happened in recent years, uh, fueled largely by those huge revenues. 
the company decided it wanted to grow beyond just the maritime part of the equation. So over the past three years, CMACGM has acquired Siva Logistics uh, and e-commerce 3PL from Ingram Micro, a last mile delivery company in France called Coli Privé, and an automotive logistics service provider called Jeffco. Uh, also in 2021, it launched an air cargo division and purchased two new Boeing freighters. And evidently it's been happy with that move because this week it decided to buy a 9% stake in Air France KLM. Well, that's really some fast growth. Do you know when it will start to ship freight through the new network? It seems like they can get this started right away, actually. Uh, the deal is structured as a 10-year exclusive partnership that will see CMACGM and Air France combine their complementary cargo networks and freighter capacity and dedicated services. So when you add it up, that includes a fleet of 10 freighter aircraft with an additional 12 more airplanes on order. Uh, specifically, there are four planes already owned by CMACGM and six planes owned by Air France, as well as Air France's uh, belly cargo capacity, which is uh, the freight that you can put into the uh, luggage compartment under a passenger plane. And that includes over 160 long haul aircraft. And CMA CGM said the move uh, to buy a stake and uh, collaborate with Air France was meant to answer customers' ever increasing need for more integrated and resilient supply chains, and that customers can access the combined capacity through a single touch point. Uh, they're going to have a single corporate voice since the partnership also will leverage both of the company's uh, sales teams. Uh, Rudolf Sade, the chairman and CEO of CMA CGM, said uh, this partnership is fully in line with their strategy and ambition to become a leader in integrated logistics. So we can see that, you know, by starting to connect all those links, uh, they really seem to be making good on that claim. Yeah, well, it seems like a logical step to gain more resilience. Thanks, Ben. Glad to. And Victoria, you reported this week that it appears we should brace ourselves for another chaotic peak shipping season ahead. Can you share some details? Absolutely. Yeah. So supply chain companies should, as you say, prepare for a chaotic peak shipping season this year. And it's fueled by a lot of different issues, particularly the COVID-19 lockdowns in China that we're seeing right now, the war in Ukraine, um, rising energy prices and inflation. Um, and this all came out in a report uh, released this week by um, Container Exchange, which is a Germany-based uh, technology company that tracks cargo container movements worldwide. Uh, the company polled 200 industry professionals for its Exchange Industry Pulse survey, and they found that most uh, freight forwarders, traders, and shippers expect more disruption in the 2022 third quarter peak season than they experienced last year. And I think we can all remember how busy it was last year. Uh, we saw cargo surges um, result in record container shipping freight rates, delivery delays, port congestion, and also, you know, sort of it all affected the reliability of uh, container shipping services. So the bottom line seems to be that companies are expecting more of the same this year. A few other points in the survey, um, they found that although many companies have arranged um, international shipments early this year as a way to sort of better plan and mitigate some of these problems and cost increases, most continue to rely on the spot freight market to move goods. 
And just to put some numbers to all this, more than half of the industry professionals that Container Exchange surveyed said they expect 2022 peak season to be worse than last year. 26% said they think it will be less chaotic, and 22% said they expect about the same level of uh, chaos. Chaos is the term the company used to describe the conditions we're all seeing. Um, and as I said at the beginning, this is all being driven by uh, economic forces and geopolitical issues. When the COVID-19 lockdowns in China are among the biggest problems, around 60% of respondents uh, to this survey said that the situation in China has made it difficult for them to produce or ship as much product as they had planned this year. And the researchers say this suggests that you know cargo backlogs and unsatisfied demand are really building as China's uh, zero COVID strategy really limits exports uh, to Europe and the United States. So Victoria, what can the industry do to deal with the impending chaos? So the survey asked about that, and there are a few strategies. Many companies are growing their networks of business partners. More than half said they're doing that. And some said they're forming uh, long-term contracts. Almost 40% are doing that. Another nearly um, 40% said they're ensuring that clients receive enough inventory by shipping early in 2022. I mentioned that a little bit earlier, too. A quarter said they're using alternative shipment routes. And almost 20% said they're securing long-term slot agreements with carriers, according to the data. So again, bottom line is expect, a, I guess, a chaotic peak season ahead. And for many, just hope that you've laid the groundwork to mitigate some of the risk. Yeah, that's very interesting. I, I guess like last year, the more that everyone can ship early and spread out those shipments, the better for the industry. It seems so, yes. Thanks, Victoria. You're welcome. We encourage listeners to go to dcvelocity.com for more on these and other supply chain stories and check out the podcast notes section for some direct links on the topics that we discussed today. And again, our thanks to Mike Bush of Next Trucking for being our guest today. We welcome your comments on this topic and our other stories. You can email us at podcast at dcvelocity.com. We also encourage you to subscribe to Logistics Matters at your favorite podcast platform. Our new episodes are uploaded each Friday. And speaking of subscribing, we encourage you to check out our new sister podcast series, Supply Chain in the Fast Lane. It's co-produced by the Council of Supply Chain Management Professionals and Supply Chain Quarterly. Subscribe to Supply Chain in the Fast Lane wherever you get your podcasts. And a reminder, the Logistics Matters is sponsored by Yale. Modern warehouse challenges require modern lift truck solutions. From robotics and zero emission power options to Yale Reliant, an industry-leading operator assist system. Visit Yale.com for more information. We'll be back again next week with another edition of Logistics Matters, when we will look at what's driving supply chain investments. Be sure to join us. Until then, have a great week.